Welcome to Day Zero Update for February 27th, 2022. I'm your host, Chris Logie. I'm Brandon Perkins. And I'm Dan Reb Victoria. And yeah, this is another week where there's not really all that much in the way of news. There's a, a few announcements, a couple of things that are that had uh, countdowns going into it mm-hmm. last weekend that got announced. One from Atlas, one from Capcom. Yeah, uh, the Capcom one was pretty predictable, uh, based on the timing with another event that was going on. The Atlas one was a pretty big surprise uh, for what mm-hmm. it was. Uh, we'll get to some of that stuff here. We've got one of the, I guess you could call it a major PC launcher shutting down. Of yeah, sorts. we'll tell you which one. Uh, let's see. We got our new games coming for PlayStation Plus and Games with Gold. Some nice stuff there. Uh, and yeah, the the new Pokemon game got announced because there hasn't been enough of those in the past few mm. months. Oh, but this is the uh, back to the like, like the main series. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk a bit about that. And uh, yeah, that's kind of the bigger stuff there. Uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about what we've been playing. Uh, I will start mm. that off here. Uh, first off, there is Vampire Survivors. I guess Survivors. Yeah, I keep going back and forth between thinking it's Survivors or Saviors. Uh, because all you see in the logo is BS. Um, but yeah, that is a roguelike, a roguelite on the PC at the moment. That is Mm -hmm. kind of like a top-down, like, dual-stick shooter of sorts. At least the way that it looks, uh, the... The big difference is that you're not actively doing any shooting. Uh, it's all automatic the way that it happens. So uh, depending on the character you pick, you have different uh, starting you know, weapons and perks that you start with. Uh, the first one you start with is a very Castlevania-esque kind of a you know, vampire hunter uh, with a whip attack, which is just a horizontal attack uh, in this the way this game uh, is set up uh, and as you are killing enemies some of them will drop xp crystals you pick them up uh, by getting close enough and uh, once you hit a level up it'll generally prevent uh, present you with like three uh, upgrades you can get uh, you know some are new power-ups others are upgrades for those power-ups so you're kind of trying to find good ideal builds build yourself some sort of a balanced setup uh, and a lot of these power-ups, uh, since it's very Castlevania-inspired, are basically ripped out of Castlevania games. And you got the spinning cross uh, that your guy will shoot out. There are... You, know, you got your whip. You got your uh, holy water, which is called Santa water here. There's the the Bible, which is called the... Uh, I forget what it's called, the holy book or something like that. Uh, there's uh, a... You know, lightning strikes. There are just a bunch of stuff here. Uh, you can get some health back if you take some damage. Uh, by uh, they have a during like a you know candle candelabras or you know that kind of stuff around that you just run into and hit and has a chance to drop in some other power ups ones that you know aren't offensive ones that you can equip. Uh, you know, the, the wall turkey is one of those things. Uh, wall chicken, whatever 
way you want to go with that stuff. Uh, there's money in those. There's some that just attract all the XP gems around you, pulls them in. You get some quick level ups. Uh, if you beat bosses that appear, which are sort of tougher enemies that generally either much bigger or they have some sort of like outline to them that uh, highlights them, uh, they'll drop a chest usually that will contain a power-up of sorts uh, that you don't have any choice in the matter. Sometimes it'll be uh, a special chest that gives you three of them at once. Uh, they, If you max out a number of the, the weapon power-ups, uh, they will throw in uh, occasionally, like, here's the, the next form of this, which is just an ultimate form, nothing really uh, too amazing. But, yeah, some of the stuff you'll get is like, oh, this is... This is a weapon, but it has no cooldown anymore kind of thing. So there's a lot of that. I've been having some luck getting later into the stages. Uh, the It seems like a good run gets you about 30 minutes or so, maybe more. I don't know uh, about that just yet. Uh, but yeah, with the run, you get you know, a certain amount of gold that when you when your run ends, you kind of come back to it. Uh, the main menus, and there is a power-up section that lets you uh, pick that, uh, pick some perks to upgrade that are just kind of like, ah, oh, here's, you get, you know, a little bit more XP, or, you know, a little bit more money, or your health regenerates a little bit faster, that kind of stuff to kind of give you a little bit of, like, Rogue Legacy to it, where uh, you're kind of getting a little bit stronger uh, each time. You can also use that money to unlock more characters because as you you know do the various achievements that it has it'll unlock new characters uh perks or uh what else is there the, like stages i think there's three stages right now i have two of them unlocked uh the third one I'm, i forget what i have to do but it's got a decent bit going on and it's only three bucks on steam for whatever reason it's not a you know it's not a a game that'll push your system very hard. Uh, if you've got any sort of a modern PC or anything, it's all 2D sprites kind of thing. So uh, it's it's a pretty cool little game. I'm um, looking forward to seeing how it you know grows because it's still in early access. They say the price will go up as they get further into development. Uh, but this is a pretty cool game. Looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, let's see. Next up, uh, this Horizon Forbidden West. I've been playing some more of that. I've gotten into the, the sort of the the outer world. Mm-hmm. Uh, like in the original game, you would start in this general like starting zone. It was the Nora area. Uh, in this one, uh, you're kind of in this uh, like a western zone. That is just where you start off. You run into uh, two towns before you get out into the, the proper world as you're you know, working towards this embassy of sorts. Uh, and as you might not be surprised, things do not go well with it. Uh, but uh, in the process of, you know, waiting for it to start, the you do get the this thing that is supposedly a symbol that lets you kind of explore uh, the Tanakh area where they're highly, you know, territorial. I really... You know, cool with outsiders, uh, but they do do a you know they let you kind of go from there as uh, a lot of shit goes down. So 
Uh, that's kind of where I left off. So I'm going to put some more time into that. Just have had uh, Elden Ring kind of pop up here. Uh, we'll talk uh, about Elden Ring here after dinner gets done, Brandon. So uh, we'll skip that for now. Uh, but also what I've been playing, Rocket League. Uh, the season ends, I think, next Wednesday. Not the one coming up, but the one after that. Uh, so I've been playing some more of that. Uh, so I'm trying to get the last of the uh, the things on the Rocket Pass that I want. And Fortnite's as well. I've been putting some time into that, getting some wins here and there uh, when I can. Uh, luckily, it's uh, not too hard to get that stuff. I'm just like jumping in and not even really trying and uh, getting wins out of it. So uh, they do have a couple of cool skins in there. They have Gambit and Rogue from like the, I think like the nineties X-Men style of outfits for them. Mm-hmm. So Rogue has like the, the green and yellow outfits uh, yeah. sort of thing. So there's that. They got the Uncharted stuff with Nate and Chloe, uh, both in movie and game forms. Uh, you buy, you know, either one, uh, either characters, skins, and you get both versions. So you notice I have to go one or the other with that stuff. Uh, what else is there? Like I said, for the big stuff, I think they put a bunch of the Marvel characters back in since they got Rogue and uh, Gambit in there. And I think yeah. they put Ailey back in since Forbidden West is out now. Uh, so mm-hmm. there's that as well, but uh, that's been largely it. How about you, Brandon? Uh, well, like you, I'm also playing Elden Ring, and uh, yeah, I guess, I guess we'll uh, wait to talk about that after Dandruff gets finished. But um, um, yeah, uh, on top of that, I've also been playing, and I finished Hades, finally. Um, so basically, after Hades, after you, you know, managed to get out of the underworld and get out enough times that you eventually convict convince Persephone to come back. Uh, that basically starts the epilogue part of the game. And, and once that happens, uh, she comes up with this idea where she can uh, invite all of the uh, Olympians, you know, that you meet in the game to a big feast in the underworld. Um, and the point is to try and sort of mend up the divisions that had developed because of Zagreus's birth and all the sort of, you know, the falsehoods and stuff that had sort of been built up to both hide Persephone's, uh, both hide Zagreus's existence and also hide where Persephone had run off to. Um, and in order to do that, you basically have to build up a relationship with six of the... I think it's nine Olympians that you come in contact with in the game. Um, and only one of them... Well, it's technically... It, there are nine Olympians you can do it, but one of them you can't really do it until after the feast happens. But basically what you have to do is you have to do it as you would with any other character you're building up a relationship with. You have to give them nectar constantly every time you get them up to a point when you get to the point where they are then requiring you to do a certain task. So, like, for example, Poseidon, he needs you to catch a certain number of fish with the rod of fishing. And that is, I'm not making that up. That's literally what it's called. Um, 
For uh, Zeus, you have to hear about him from five other gods that you come in contact with. Or Ares, you have to kill a certain number of enemies. Uh, but eventually, once that happens, then you get the chance to give them uh, Ambrosia, which is like the step up from Nectar and is rarer and more difficult to get a hold of. Once you do that, the six of them, that will basically kickstart the plan. And after that point, you are then tasked with the one final thing, which is making sure to give invitations to all nine of the gods. So whenever you get to the gods and you give them a boon, you give them an invitation. And then after that's all over, you talk to Persephone, and that kickstarts it, and that's the true ending. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, extremely fun game. I highly recommend it. And, uh, yeah, I ha oh, yeah, and I also have been, I should add this, I have also been playing Psychonauts 2 as well. I uh, just haven't gotten as far in it as I would like, and now that I've got Elden Ring to deal with, it'll also have to wait a little bit, but that's what I've been playing. So, Dan, what about you? Yeah, on uh, President's Day weekend, I just got back from Disneyland, so I haven't been playing as much stuff as I would like to, especially since uh pretty busy at work, but I did get some gaming in, like, uh, towards, the towards the tail end of this weekend, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, first of which, yesterday I finally rolled credits on um, Pokemon Legends Arceus, and, uh, man, that, uh, if you want to call that an ending, it's, it's, it's rather abrupt. Like, you end up having more questions than you did when you first started the game. So, yeah, um, without going over too much of it, um, there is a lot of post-game content, and I really would not be surprised if the post-game content ended up being longer than the actual game itself. And, um, you know, it's it's not out of the ordinary for a Pokemon game to have uh, a lot of post-game content, but this is uh, quite a bit here, and the the stuff that I'm doing, it doesn't really pertain much to the original story uh, that you did when you started, but it also seems more pivotal. And that being said, a lot of the stuff that we have to do now that you finish the main campaign is a lot harder. And the game was actually already hard for me. Um, I know in previous um, podcasts, I talked about feeling underleveled. Well, well, you know, uh, Chris was actually the opposite. And like, yeah, I feel like ridiculously underleveled now because like the, the final boss in the main campaign of the game was like over level 70 and I was fighting him at like 58 so I was really trying to abuse the various kinds of attacks that you have here. Um, one thing that I didn't mention is it's the, the battle system sort of takes a turn uh, similar to that of Bravely Default, where once you master a move, you can do what's called Agile Style, where you um, sacrifice some power in order to hopefully get an attack in soon, because, you know, it's, it's Agile Style, so you attack and hopefully, you know, enough time passes so you can attack again. And then the other um, style you have is Strong Style, which pretty much uh, increases the power of your attacks, but by doing that, you're also probably sacrificing a turn. And it's um, a good idea to look at the turn wheel uh, that you have on the right side, so just, j just so you know like whether or not the attacks you're using will actually affect your next turn or not. So that's a pretty nice uh, element of strategy there. And there was another side quest I was doing where I was fighting another trainer, and like, I already mentioned this game being hard in some cases, but in, in, in this case, it was just straight up cheap. Like, uh, this guy was using three Pokemon against my one, and there is no way that you can have more than one Pokemon out, out for you at a time. So I was like, okay, good, great, three on one, of course I'm going to die here. 
And then the main thing is that while every Pokemon like gains experience after you finish every battle, um, you don't gain experience in the middle of a fight. You only gain experience at the end. So if you have a Pokemon die on you and you don't revive them in the middle of the fight, you know they lose on lose lose out on, on that experience. So like you kind of feel screwed in that regard. So um, yeah, uh, it is pretty interesting to see all the changes that uh, Game Freak has made to like the typical Pokemon system. And you know we'll we'll talk more about Pokemon in a little bit because today is also Pokemon Day, but um yeah it's a definitely a, an interesting experience so far. Um, on the plane and a little, little bit this morning, uh, I've also gotten some hands on with the uh, Triangle Strategy demo. Um, I don't really have anything to report yet because like I've just gone gone through a whole lot of cutscenes and you know they're 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 beautiful. It's it's your typical two D HD that we've seen since Octopath Traveler, and uh, the voice acting in my opinion is so far is really really good. It's not like the it's not like Octopath Traveler where like everybody was uh, everybody had an English accent. So you you start to see a little bit more variety here. So that's that, that's always nice. But um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the main reason why I want to get started was because the game comes out this week, and the first three chapters are available, and your save actually carries over to the actual game. So I'm looking forward to that. At the end of the week, assuming that you know I'm, I'm able to get on top of my other uh, gaming duties here. So, Horizon Forbidden West came out last week, and obviously I couldn't play because I was out. And when I opened it, I realized, um, I didn't play Frozen Wild. So, I was like, you know what, fine, I'll go ahead and bite the bullet and sacrifice some time with Forbidden West to play Frozen Wilds. And it's a good thing I did, because, you know, it's it, it's been a while since the original release of Horizon Zero Dawn. I, I platinumed that game, I loved it. But, you know... Given that it's been such a long time, you know, you, you have to, it takes a while to also get your muscle memory back. So, you know, I had to get a, uh, a handle of like the way Aloy moves, how to properly use the weapons I have, um, you know, get a get an idea of how the crafting and the loot works, and yeah, that that, that sort of stuff. So, Frozen Wilds was um, it was both easy and hard. Uh, got through it in about maybe six to six to eight hours, doing some side quests here and there, and. Each of the side quests in the DLC are actually really, really good. Like the, the characters that I, I met um, playing the uh, DLC so far, um, to me, are actually more memorable than in the than in the um, actual. Kudos to Gorilla for just you know making some quality content here. And um, while the, the while the final boss wasn't like especially difficult or anything, and it makes sense because um, the way this DLC works is essentially like you open up another part of the map that you didn't have in the original game. And, you know, it, it also becomes, like, a minigame in, in, in that sort of way. Like, similar to how um, Uncharted had had the Lost Legacy, where it was, like, really just a smaller part of Uncharted, but, again, big enough to be its own game. They really could have done this with Frozen Wilds, but I'm, 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 I'm glad they didn't, because, like, it, it, it fits in in a way where, you know, it, it feels like more Horizon Zero Dawn, but at the same time, like, it adds enough to be valuable. The <laughs> There is a, a bit of challenge here. And, like... Yeah, like, a lot of the missions actually require you to be at a higher level than you would with the final mission in the game. So, that was a pretty cool touch. And you you learn a little bit more about the the backstory of Zero Dawn itself. Um, and, like, yeah, like, the... I mean, I, I think it's been long enough. Like, the, the, the biggest secret with uh, the Horizon series is that it, it, it takes place in America. And, like, you know... If you saw the cover for Horizon uh, Forbidden West, like that, that, that really shouldn't be a spoiler anymore. Um, so yeah, it was pretty cool seeing how um, 
all of the action takes place in like familiar American places and seeing how like Zero Dawn just changed everything. And uh, that being said, I started Horizon Forbidden West this morning and um, Horizon Zero Dawn looked great on PS5 already with its little upgrade, but it didn't really do much except, except improve speed. Whereas Forbidden West's um, PS5 facelift is, uh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. I, I am in awe um, about just how, how this game looks. Um, and I haven't felt this way since uh, playing The Last of Us 2 on the PS4 Pro. Um, but yeah, like Horizon is absolutely beautiful so far. And I'm glad I did go back to Frozen Wilds because, um, you know, I feel like less of a noob all of a sudden going into Forbidden West. Like, there is a bit of a tutorial uh, uh, part of the game where it just, you know, reacquaints you with everything. But at the same time, I'm also feeling all the streamlining of stuff. And um, at the same time, like, <clears throat> it's also seemed to have gotten a lot of staples from previous uh, single-player Sony games. Um, like, for example, a lot of the crafting now is done on a workbench, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, they got that from Last of Us. And, you know, it's, it, it's funny drawing all these parallels to the rest of the uh, Sony computer enter- entertainment games. Hopefully it doesn't delve, delve too far into that territory. Um, but yeah, like I've only scratched the surface with, with what this game has to offer so far, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far, and I, I can't wait to get get back into it after we're done today. So that's been about it. Now we can talk. All about right. It. Yeah, let's talk about Elden Ring here, mm-hmm. uh, the newest uh, from software title. Kind of shakes yep. up the formula a little bit with it being a little. an open world game. Yeah, uh, I would still say the combat at its core is still very Souls style combat. You do have yeah, there is like yeah, you do have a couple things that kind of shake it up a little bit because you do have the ability to jump, so you get some jump attacks mm-hmm. in there and such. You have your horse that can yeah. give you sometimes overpowered combat in a sense when you fight some of the bigger enemies. On occasion, you cannot yeah. just run circles around them as they struggle to mm-hmm. figure out how to attack uh, a thing that can move a lot faster than it can turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that stuff. There are some different weapons in there. Uh, nothing really, to, nothing that I've seen yet, but I believe there are a couple others in there. But you do have some stuff you can earn as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, like one of the things I recommend doing early on is when you find the first merchant that's hiding out in the like bombed out church that is near the starting area, uh, buy the crafting kit. Oh yeah, that should be like your first priority. And if you have uh, the the ruins for it, buy the right. the extra recipes. Because uh, the yeah the big thing there is if you kill a lot of the. The wildlife, the goats and such, uh, you get the thin beast bones that you can turn into uh, these like darts you can throw, uh, as well yep. as bone arrows that you can shoot mm-hmm. uh, that are much, much cheaper and easier to get than you know buying arrows straight up or finding them in the wild, which is not very common for yeah. our scene. Yeah, and you're also going to want it because that's going to be uh, one of the ways that you're going to be able to like build, uh, you know, flash pots and stuff like that for, uh, you know, when you're encountering enemies. Um, 
Also, I would recommend, um, because uh, I know a lot of people, you're going to play the game, you're going to be really, um, you know, curtain to get in, get started on the action, but for the love of God, please do the tutorial. Um, you absolutely yeah, there's like a, want... There's like yeah. a dude sitting in a chair that kind of tells you, like, uh, if you drop down here, you can kind of get a refresher of sorts. Yeah, uh, and do it. Not only will you be able to get some pretty easy runes out of it, but it'll also teach you all the basics that you will be using throughout the game. And believe me when I tell you, you will be using all of them. Um, everything yeah. from, you know, the blocking, you know, using your shield to block, to countering, to the stealth attacks and all that stuff, you will be using every, every single one of those. So, yeah, you know, do that. Do it as many times as you have have to to get it to learn it because it will absolutely help you once you're actually out on the field yeah uh, i would also recommend once you get the horse uh, yeah look on your you know the the map that you have and look for uh, these little like pillar statues that are kind of on there uh, uh, head for those because those will fill in your map not with yep. locations of the the graces or any landmarks, but you'll see, you know, bodies of water and paths and such on there to give you an idea. Of well, also, uh, just uh, so two things people need to know just right off the bat. Um, if you've played a Souls-like game before, you know there's this whole thing where uh, you get to, they're not called bonfires in this game, but uh, they're called points of great, sites of grace, but basically they operate the same way. It's a place where it's a safe spot where, where you can essentially like get a checkpoint more or less and refill your health and you know use some of your uh, your stuff to upgrade and things like like that. Um, but unlike uh, games in the in the front software games in the past, they also operate as fast travel points, um, which is something that. I don't think any other from software game has done up to this point. Um, also, I'm, shortcuts in the previous games, where it's like, oh, I don't. Yeah, have to most of the previous games would give you like and fight all these things. I can just skip right up to this ex- other area. Yeah. Um, also, a lot. Unlike, also, on top of that, uh, a lot of these games will also have an additional thing that's kind of like a chat point. Um, it's a it's a statue. I, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like a statue Statue of America. Yeah. And usually they're like nearby when you're getting ready to go into like a enemy heavy territory. So if you end up dying, you can actually just decide to restart from there instead of all all the way back to the nearest point of grace, um, side of grace. Yeah, There are a few that are conveniently in bad places. Like if you go to fight that dragon in the swamp. If you go to yeah. the Statue of America, it takes you to the opposite side of the lake yeah. that you might probably want to be. At. Yeah, so, you know, it's still a From Software game, so. <laughs> um, yeah. And probably the one thing that's, like, the, be- the be- best thing I can say uh, as far as, like, uh, accessibility, um, unlike in other, those older Souls-like games, where if you died, you ended up only being re- with like a portion of your health um 
that's not a problem here. Uh, if you you die and you respawn at a at a at a site of grace, you will have you will respawn with your health meter entirely fit refilled. So yeah, you don't have like a secondary form of sorts. yeah. There is no like uh, form and demon souls and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that you don't have to worry about that. Um, let's see what else. Um, so I guess the one question I have, um, as someone who obviously like has a lot of respect for the souls like games, but hasn't actually finished one. The closest I was to finishing one was probably the original release of Demon Souls in the PS3. Um, but other than that, I've never yeah. actually played or even finished a Souls game, and that even includes Dark Souls, that includes Bloodborne. I've never even played Sekiro. Um, but that being said, I love open-world fantasy games. Um, would you recommend this? Yeah, this... I would not say this is an open-world game like every other open-world game. It's, it's not like much, Breath of the Wild. Let me let's put it that way. It's very much not like that. They even have a compass that is kind of That's hilarious. Not surprising because a lot of people are saying it is. It is compared to the Souls games, sort of like Breath of the Wild was to the other Zelda games. Yeah, uh, compared to the other Souls games, it's definitely a lot more open. Um, but um, it's still. I don't want to necessarily say it's still linear because there, there's still an awful lot of exploration involved. Um, yeah. But there are like portions of the map that, you know, will, you know, there, there, it's not wide open like Breath of the Wild is where you can basically go from one point of the map to the other without any loading times. Um, it's more of, you know, there's individual pieces, but the pieces are gigantic more or less. Um, yeah. And honestly, this game couldn't operate in any other way um, because otherwise it would be damn near impossible. Um, yeah. It's it's an open world game where it's hard to tell if I've really accomplished anything because, uh, you know, I do fight, I guess, their boss fights when they put the their health bar on the bottom of the screen. Yeah, of sorts. Uh, mm -hmm. But I've fought a bunch of enemies that I would say feel like boss fights in terms of how much yeah. I have to prepare for them. Uh, oh yeah, and you know if you you know warp around or you know do your thing at the uh, the the grace sites. Uh, yeah, they just respawn, and it's like fuck. Yeah, you know, really good example. Really good example, like right out of the gate when you're starting. There's that that those that uh, uh like ruins where like a group of soldiers are stationed at, and there's this uh you know you got your basic ones like you got the dudes you know they got the swords. Some of them are swords with torches, and they have like a you know hunting wolves with them. And then there's the one the guys with like the shields and the spears. But the guy who I'm guessing is like the head of the entire company is pretty much like a mini boss in his own right, even though, you know, the game treats him like he's just a regular enemy. Um, yeah. Because yeah, because on top of being like stronger than the rest of them, he's also faster and he takes more hits. You know, like with the regular soldiers, um, you know, get a stealth hit on them. It's, it's only takes one with this dude. It takes like two or three. So, yeah. you know, 
that would also be another lesson I would say is don't be afraid to run away <laughs> because you absolutely yeah. will come across enemies early on in the game that you're too weak to actually fight. So, you know. Or don't worry about dying. Yeah, especially not in the start because the amount of stuff, of runes that you end up losing when you die are not very substantial and you can get them back fairly easily. Um, yeah, and even where I am at, I'm not really that worried where my yeah. my next level is like 4,000 runes. Yeah. Something like that's where I'm like, eh, if I die, it's not a big deal. I've had a couple of times uh, where I was, I don't know if you've gotten there, where they do a forced invasion uh, with yeah. an AI invasion where... Mm -hmm. I went and did that, and I was like, all right, I'll go back and went with my horse and ended up mm -hmm. finding the, the the cliff area that, that's across from there that I didn't mm -hmm. realize, like, the difference between where I was at and where that was at. Mm. Uh, so I dropped down off my horse, and for whatever reason, that drop was long enough to kill the horse and myself. Mm. And I had, like, 3,000 runes because I killed a giant on the way over there. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, no, that's great, but... Also... Oh well, because it's yeah, three thousand runes, and you also get the these golden rune items that are just uh, if you need runes to get to you know wherever you need to level up or do an upgrade or something, I can just yeah. pop those like souls you would get in the original games. Yeah, and again, reminder: uh, the points of grace are all fast travel areas, so you know anytime you want to, pretty much anytime you want to, you can warp back to it. Yeah, it's but it's good to have a horse because you can kind of just run past a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, you can. That's what I've been doing a lot of is just running around trying to find more grace sites, mm -hmm. uh, which I've been able to do. Yeah, uh, something else. Southern Island mm -hmm. on map. Um, something else I would also point out: uh, encumbrance is a. Factor here, um, depending on you know, like the type of equipment that you have on, things like dodge roll speed will be either faster or lower depending on how much you've got on you. So, you know, yeah, also it's keep that encumbrance because you can hold as much as you want. Uh, it's purely based on your what you have equipped. Yeah, uh, the weight of that stuff. So if you are just like, I had a certain point where I was like getting right up to my end, and I was like realizing, like, wait, I have two great swords equipped. I don't need two of these mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Because uh, I had the, the big one that the dudes on the horse have that's kind of curved. Yeah. Like, that one's a pretty good one. I've upgraded a bit. Mm. So I can just have that in the... What class are you, Brandon? Uh, warrior. All right, I'm Samurai, so that's a great yeah. class because you start off with some good armor. Well, I'm uh, a warrior seafarer, I believe, is uh, what it is. So I ended up getting uh, the thing with uh, that adds extra health points to me. Okay. Yeah, the samurai has essentially the Uchikatana sword. Yeah. Uh, which is a good sword, especially uh, for stealth attacks. You step yeah. in the back. With that, uh, the warrior seafarer. Yeah. I was going to say the warrior seafarer comes with building scimitars. So. Yeah. So, um, and also a small shield that you can switch in between with. Um, yeah, the samurai gets that goodness. and a bow and arrow. And some yeah. arrows. 
especially like fire arrows, I think. Yeah. So that's also, speaking fire. of, yeah, speaking of weapons, by the way, uh, another one of your early priorities should be to go ahead and upgrade your weapons as soon as you can, uh, um, at least twice uh, before you try to like take on any bosses. Um, because otherwise, it's going to be a bit of a, a bit of a slog. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, oh, and upgrade your flask too. Um, yeah, that was the item I picked at the beginning. Yeah. So when you start, you know, when you start the game out, like all, like I mean, this is the deal with all Souls-like games: is you got a thing that you know, you can use to refill your health a certain number of times before it's exhausted. Um, and, you know, you refill it whenever you go back to your, you know, the, and, and the, at least in this game, the site of grace. Um, but uh, you can also, you know, upgrade. You have one for health and one for your, like, magic power. And you can change what ratio of them you have. If you have, you know, enough for five, you can have four of one, one of the other. You know, three and two, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so basically the way – so there's basically like two items that come in contact with uh, to both uh, increase the numbers it can use and the amount of, you know, energy that gets refilled while, you know, using it. Um, the first one is uh, what are called golden seeds, which are these things that you find around these little um, – these like – they're called minor herd trees. They're basically these little saplings that that glow, basically. Yeah. And that's what you use to sort of increase the number of times you can get it. But there's also another item called Sacred Tears uh, that you can find in, like, various churches and temples. Uh, and you use those to uh, increase the amount of energy that it gives you every time you use it. Um, so, you know, it, you know what you like, you, you actually... Wind up at a church fairly early on in the game, so you know be on, on the lookout for those. You'll be happy that you did. <laughs> the nice thing they do is that if you fight enemies, there are some that will essentially refill your amount of flasks you have to use. Yep, uh, at times uh, they yeah. mention it's like groups of enemies that mm-hmm. you beat, but you also occasionally see some that are. Like glowing red, I think that are the ones that particularly drop it. You also find dung beetles pushing like a a red or a blue ball. Yeah, that are a way to refill those as well. So they yeah, if you can catch them, that is. If you can catch them, that is because they uh they're they're skittery little bastards. But yeah, they yeah. give you a nice number of ways to not have to run back to a yeah. They give you like throwing right. down and stuff so some places that you uh, some good ways that you can kind of regain health without having to just run back to your save points constantly yeah, um, what in the previous games yeah uh, I, and even the message you say, can get health from that yeah. as well yeah um and there are a lot of them because you know other gamers they're leaving them out there so yeah. you know pay attention to those um I think I'm seeing some that are hacks on the PC version because they yeah sure probably like extra words in them yeah uh, it's like they double because it's like one of the messages you can leave is like blank oh blank and you use the same uh-huh. word for both of the blanks uh, but they managed to get 
two of those in one message and it has like 9,999, you know, likes on it. Yeah. And I'm like, that uh, seems uh, probably hacked in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and one more thing. Um, so like one of the big sort of, uh, 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 new gameplay things here in this game is spirit summons, um, which are you're you're gonna eventually definitely gonna need to use them to basically tank damage, um, and in order to do it, you have to get a hold of something spirit calling bell, and to do that, you have to get it at the church of Ella, um. Which which you come in contact fairly early. It's I'm pretty sure that's where the merchant is um, that we talked about earlier. But you have to do it at yeah. night, um, and you have to rest at, at the side of grace there. Uh, be careful, because uh, there is a tree sentinel that's nearby. So, you know, watch out, because he will wipe you out pretty quickly. Um But once you rest at the uh, side of grace, an NPC will give you the bell. Uh, and that will allow you to use all, all the spirit summons you might have collected. So, you know, that's... Yeah. Uh, um, and, like, the the things you can summon, like, you can summon things like you can summon, like, wolves, jellyfish, soldiers, you know, stuff like that. Um, all in all, though, I think, you know, of all the, like, software games I've played, this one is arc is weirdly despite how like weird like overly terrifyingly difficult we made it sound. This is probably the most accessible game they've made yet. Yeah, in some ways. Um, I think the main issue I have is the stealth is just kind of bad. Uh, it's it's it, it, they, they took the sort of the stealth from Sekiro, um, which could also be a little jank. Yeah, but I feel like that was a bit better than this. Like, I've literally had dudes look at me and not notice me. Yeah, that's true. I'm, like, pretty close. I haven't had that, but that might just, you know, I haven't like, had that. There's that one camp, the one camp early on, right outside the yeah. gates, that there's a dude that literally goes, walks to one end of his path, turns around in my direction in turning, and doesn't see me if I'm yeah. nearby, because I'm assuming his vision cone just flips and his character model has to turn yeah. to do that because it just ignores it every other way. Yeah. Easily able to walk up behind those dudes that are sitting by the uh, the big caravans. Mm-hmm. They're just hanging out right front of them. It will just like quietly walk right next to them to behind them and then stab them in the back and kill them. And it's like, yeah, this isn't great. It's not, there's no nuance to it in the way that you expect from, you know, every other open world game out there, you know, Horizon. Yeah. The way they do it and Assassin's Creed has been doing of late. All that kind of stuff. It's definitely a thing. It's like, uh, you know, it's almost better just get on your horse and ride away if you aggro a bunch of people or enemies or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, Because then you can more easily reset it. Uh, But yeah, that's, that's definitely been an issue I've had. Uh, maybe the other ones just kind of occasionally just having weird stuff happen and yeah. not being quite sure why it's happening in ways. Because yeah. uh, like I've you know been on the horse and did some pretty big drops and the horse can double jump because why not? Uh, yeah. And I feel like it's hard to tell like what a 
drop is that will cause it to take damage versus what won't because I had that one drop outside the area where they do a forced uh, invasion and I was like this didn't seem any bigger than any other ones I've dropped but that was enough uh, to kill the horse and kill me outright in ways and it's like with the double jump you feel like you could do that as you're about to land and like save yourself from any damage yeah. uh, but also it's hard to tell what the horse's health is because it can take damage in fights and that kind of stuff uh, but you can craft pretty easily some raisins to refill yeah. its health but it only shows it like five seconds after you feed it with that uh, and it seems like oftentimes it's full when I try to do it because I'm like really I didn't is it must just be regenerating health uh, mm-hmm. slowly at some point. There's stuff like that. Uh, and being on PC, the game is not running super great. I'm basically running it on low settings completely. Mm. So there's, it's not looking probably as good as it could, uh, but it's running about as smooth as, as it's been. They put out an update yesterday to address an issue that dealt with like the, the way it loaded in assets as you went to new areas where it seemed like it was probably mm-hmm. trying to load too much at once and causes some big stuttering and frame rate drops. Uh, but that was kind of the, the big issue. I think you said Brandon on Xbox that had major network issues. So you uh, not, not anymore. They fix that. Um, yeah. So you can actually, that actually is. Um, okay. I think that was just like a server. Yeah, I think it was just a server thing they had to deal with um, that first day, that those first two days, because I think the all the new players kind of overloaded it. Um, but From what I saw, it was because the the version of the game was not. Yeah, it was the patch. patch. It's some. It was some weird thing to do with the patch, the day one patch. Yeah, where it was looking for a version of the game to patch, and if you didn't have that version it didn't do anything. So you just had no online yeah. aspects yeah. to do with it, which is weird. Yeah. Uh, and I will say, but like the, I said, they fixed it. Yeah. On the PC version, every time I quit the game, close it, uh, I hear that music for a good 20 to 30 seconds and sometimes longer. Yeah. So I just pull up my uh, task manager and like, all right, if you can't close the game, I'll close it for you. Kind of thing where it's like, yeah, this, this version's a little bit rough. Uh, the, Keyboard stuff is weird in the menus when I've tried to check things because you have to hit like you can't move control the like the settings menus with the WASD mm-hmm. keys. Uh, and selecting something is the E button, and backing mm-hmm. out is the Q button. And it's like this is not yep. how this stuff. Every other PC game generally uses Escape as the back button. Use Enter, yeah. I think, to uh, you know select things. So when I'm trying to make, you know, changes to the graphic settings or whatever. Uh, it's a little bit weird, and it doesn't seem like it supports PlayStation controllers, at least for the prompts. That might be changing at some point, but I've been using my DualShock 4 on this version. It's just showing me Xbox buttons. It's been annoying, and earlier I was using my DualSense, which I wasn't expecting that at all to work natively, so... Uh, but with the Dual so- DualShock 4, it was using the touchpad as the map button. So the annoying thing is you can't hit the map button to back out uh, on this mm-hmm. game. Uh, 
hit the map button, it just brings up a uh, a controls menu for the map, which is like, no, this is not how this should go. Uh, there's only things about the game that's rough, and hopefully I get those ironed out a bit. But for the most mm-hmm. part, it's a good game. I'm looking forward to put some more time into it uh, as I try to beat some more of these bosses. I got to, what is it, Margit? This is the one that mm-hmm. everybody hates right now. Mm. Uh, it's sort of the first big boss you'll get to if you're doing the mainline path. And yeah. I think killed me. I had like 1,200 souls left in its spot, and I was like, oh yeah, this yeah. this whole area is locked off in a fog room, so I yeah. I tried once more, it killed me in like two shots, and I was like, okay, yeah. that's enough. Yeah. I'll go do something yeah, else. You're, it, yeah. Level up and come back. Really, I would say don't be, like I said, don't be be afraid more because uh, you know you, if you stay on the linear path, you will basically be banging your head against the wall. Um, yeah, yeah. The worst part is that gate where the big giant drops down as there are archers shooting at you. Oh yeah. Where I beat that and I was like, oh shit! I'd used all my uh, or most of my blasts and all that. And I was like, all right, let me go save the gray site that's right next to the door. I go mm. look, and it's right back there at the top. And I'm like, you got to mm. be kidding me. This isn't one of the guys that just disappears on subsequent runs. Mm-hmm. So I had to fight him again. Yeah. These these giants are gnarly looking because they're essentially naked, but they kind of yep. had their like stomach and intestines gutted out of them. Mm-hmm. So it conveniently covers any sort of genitals they might have. Yep. But if you're, you know... A little dude fighting them, you get them bent over a lot. Where it's like, oh, that might as well be his uh, his sack or something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that is a. Uh... Does you have anything else to add, Brandon? I think that's going to be it for the Elden Ring. Yeah, uh, pretty much. Uh, game's awesome, really good. Uh, it's been getting hot season. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, recommend it. You know, at least as far as so far yeah yeah it's pretty good mm-hmm. uh but let's get to some news here uh before we get to uh the bulk of the news we'll talk about what we've been uh what we're going to be getting for playstation plus and games with gold next month conveniently that mm-hmm. starts on tuesday uh for march 1st so playstation plus let's see uh for ps4 you get arc survival evolved uh, mm-hmm. The base game for that uh, pretty popular sort of uh, open world survival game. Yeah, and I believe this is going to be a hard drive eater. So it's about mm-hmm. 100 gigs, I think. On yeah. So make sure you got the room for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, PS4. They also got Team Sonic Racing, uh, the latest of the Sonic Racing games. Yeah. Unfortunately, not as good as the the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonic Racing Transformed. Mm-hmm. Partially because there's not much in the way of transforming. Fun little transforming sections. Uh, there are no non-Sonic characters, I believe, in this version mm-hmm. of this game. So you kind of lose out on the the Sega aspect of the game. Yeah, and it's uh, and as a result, that game kind of just didn't. Uh, do super well. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, you can get that for PlayStation Plus and play it with friends and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, for PS5 only, Ghost Runner. Mm-hmm. That is a fast-paced sort of first-person action game. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of platforming, uh, jumping across gaps, taking out enemies, dodging bullets, all that kind of stuff. You get, I think, some special abilities to uh, get around, so very much one of those kinds of games. Yeah. So you get that uh, for PS5. And yeah, they added a bonus game for this month, Ghost of Tsushima Legends. Yeah. For PS4 and PS5, the co-op uh, sort of multiplayer uh, mode in the game that they've spun out as a, a standalone thing uh, for people to check cool. out. Uh, so you can do all the sort of multiplayer stuff in that game. Yep. Uh, if you don't already own Ghost of Tsushima. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. That's a, a neat little bonus there. Mm. Some pretty good stuff for this month. Uh, for games with gold, let's see, starting on March 1st, there is uh, Flame in the Flood. Yeah. Uh, that is a roguelite kind of game. Uh, yeah. Kind of going down this uh, river of sorts on a raft uh, yep. with your dog uh, kind of this weird post-apocalyptic America mm-hmm. kind of things you're just, you know, trying to get resources and crafting materials and all this other kind of stuff as you try to stay alive as long as possible so mm-hmm. there you go uh, March 16th Street Power Soccer mm-hmm. so an arcade soccer game don't believe I've really seen much of this one. Uh, but yeah, you can check that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. For the, the older stuff, on March 1st, there's Sacred 2 Fallen Angel, uh, which I believe is a, an open-world sort of uh, RPG, action RPG kind of thing, following Wing in the vein of you know an Oblivion type of game of sorts. It has multiplayer stuff in there as well if you want to play with friends. Uh, but there you go. And uh, mm-hmm. March 16th, there's SpongeBob's Truth or Square. Uh, what the heck is this? Is this a... Uh, let's see. Uh, it's like a platformer kind of game. Uh, so there you go. One of those. Uh, but yeah, that is... Uh, that is that's uh, an alright kind of lineup. Yeah. One or two notable games there, but the others, eh. Mm-hmm. But... Some alright stuff there. Uh, let's start getting to some of the news here. Uh, first up, mm-hmm. Valve has a new game coming out to coincide with the launch of the Steam Deck. Uh, this is called Aperture Desk Job. It's a free playable short, as they call it, uh, mm-hmm. that you can play on the Steam Deck. I assume with touch controls and all that. Uh, it is also playable on a PC with a controller if you don't have a Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. So you can check that out. It's set in the Portal universe. Uh, but I believe it's, you know, not going to be anything super substantial for mm-hmm. that. But something you can check out mm-hmm. while you wait, I guess. Uh, so there you go. It's out March 1st. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Knockout City. Uh, the fairly popular sort of dodgeball multiplayer game that EA published mm-hmm. from developers at Velen Studios. Uh, they've announced that they are going to be going free-to-play with the game 
as well as self-publishing it after uh, this current season or the season five ends that starts on March 1st. Uh, so it'll mm. be later this spring when season six starts. That'll be going free to play. Uh, and they'll be transitioning away from EA's uh, sort of underlying infrastructure, you know, the EA account stuff and all that. So mm-hmm. they'll be moving people over to uh, their own system. So they'll show that off as they get closer to that. But uh, for now, that's uh, exciting news for them. Going to get to a free-to-play version of sorts that is going to be more accessible for people. Mm. All right. Probably yeah. give it a shot. That is yeah. case. Yeah, that's going to be on everything Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. For mm-hmm. that, uh, let's see. Atlas had one of the two countdown uh, sites that were going on last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended on Monday morning, uh, Sunday night. And Atlas announced Soul Hackers 2. Uh, spinning it off from the Shimigami Tensei Devil Summoners series that it, the first game was sort of tied to. Uh, this is just called Soul Hackers 2, which is a bit weird. Also, a weird game to make the next big Atlas game from. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that'll be out August 26th. Uh, the weird thing is it is coming to... Uh, PS5, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and PC, no Switch version. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also their first RPG that has a female lead in quite a while. This is yeah. going to be the um, Persona 3 portable uh, version where you could pick a male or female lead on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big deal. Mm. And yeah, it very much has the Atlas style to it. Well, that you got your turn-based battles, exploiting enemy weaknesses. Uh, it's got some twists that are specific to the Soul Hackers games, as the the whole story is kind of very focused on cyber stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, that looks pretty neat from the trailer they put out. Here to see more mm. how that game works and all that. Yeah. Uh, but it's wild to have a Atlas RPG launching on Xbox at launch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there, there you go. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see here. Bethesda has announced that they are going to be retiring the Bethesda Net Launcher yeah. uh, later this year. Uh, early April, they will be allowing users of their launcher to migrate their library and wallet to their Steam account. Mm-hmm. Which is a neat thing. They say many games will also allow their saves to be migrated, with a few requiring manual transfers. Uh, for the games that require you still use your Bethesda.net login to sign in and play, the future Bethesda.net accounts will remain accessible on Bethesda.net, and future titles will continue to support those accounts. Oh. So, not really surprising they would move off the Bethesda.net launcher because it's kind of the it's something that nobody's really using. Mm-hmm. Especially with Microsoft in charge of Bethesda at this point, they would probably prefer to focus on you know their Game Pass launcher on PC as well as Steam as sort of their primary PC platforms of uh, support. Mm. So yeah, not really a huge surprise. The Bethesda Net launcher would be the one 
to get retired. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. All right. Yeah, so we got another game announced earlier today, uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, that kind of surprisingly brings the series up to uh, Gen 9. That is uh, a bit of a surprise to be having the next big game coming out less than a year after you know, Arceus. That is kind of a big shakeup to the formula. Yeah, um, so much so that, <laughs> I mean, it's basically its own subject series obviously um i and i'm pretty sure like don't don't these uh generations usually go in like a three-year site or something like that yeah and that's sort of why this shouldn't be a surprise because like they've always followed that cadence and they they, they haven't really uh veered anywhere to, uh, against that since since gen 4 and that was that was more than a decade ago so mm-hmm. yeah uh i i guess like the real surprise here is the fact that you know we're getting this and Legends Arceus in the same year, and they're being done in the same development. And Game Freak is only about 150 people. So, yeah, yeah you can split teams off, but um, probably not. Because if, if you look at Pokemon Legends Arceus, like, that game is a wide departure from what we've seen out of mainline Pokemon games in the past, even more so than Sword and Shield. Um, and at the same time, like, if you watch the. Uh, Scarlet and Violet um, trailer. Uh, the game looks like it already borrows a lot from Legends RC. Like, yeah, I think like I could even see some that looks like and like assets that could have been ripped straight from it. Yeah, uh, the the art style there like has, has always been like sort of the same, but it actually looks more consistent now. And like, what's really impressive to me is the fact that. Um, you know, obviously we don't know when development started, but it, it couldn't have been that far off from Arceus. But um, it looks like it addresses a lot of the issues that like um, hardcore fans had with Arceus in the first place. Like a, a lot of what Arceus did was disconnected a lot of open fields, whereas with this one, it sort of adapts, you know, what Pokemon is all about from like, you know, going from town to town, but at the same time, like all of it really feeling like one part of the world. and it actually feels like it takes the next step here, which is, and like, that's the shocking part because we're getting these two games in the same year. So, um, yeah, like there's that. And, um, the rest of the presentation was, was actually pretty solid. Today is Pokemon day. So all of you Pokemon and happy Pokemon day indeed. And, um, yeah, this one looks awesome. Um, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, IGN Pokemon or Nintendo pages saying that it's too soon. Like you're, it's they're, they're they're just feeding a cash cow. It's like yes and no. I mean, like Pokemon is so big that Nintendo had to like have it sort of a branch off as another separate entity and company. So you know that's why you're seeing a lot of different kinds of Pokemon mobile games. That's why you're seeing games made by you know Bandai Namco as far as like new Pokemon Snap. Like um, you had the trading card game, which just released a new set uh, this Friday. So yeah, it's it's a live, living, breathing system that you know just continues to um, just own the world there. And like, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, this um, this direct wasn't announced until like maybe two days ago. And the mm-hmm. the reason being, like, I'm I'm seeing all the all these tweets here is like Nintendo and Pokemon Company were just trying to like respect you know what's what's going on over uh, in the Ukraine right now. But when you think about it, especially looking at Pokemon Legends Arceus, which in my opinion didn't. Even Pokemon doesn't need it. 
All you got to mm. say is, hey, it's coming out and people are going to flock to it. Mm. Yeah. And the neat thing is the the world that they are kind of set in looks very much like a uh, Spain kind of look. Yeah. Spain, Portugal kind of look to it. Kind uh, of a nice yeah. new thing. Yeah, and that, 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 that's something that every mainline Pokemon tried to They've always tried to sort of copy some sort of real-life territory. Like, uh, Kanto was um, Johto, or actually part of Japan. You see uh, the Alola region in Sun and Moon, actually. And yeah, so with this one, you're seeing Spain, X and Y was... It's, it's really interesting seeing all these uh, Pokemon being... Or all these uh, places being incorporated by the series. And uh, they, they unveiled the three starters today. And uh, yeah, they've the memes have already started because this water Pokemon looks like Donald Duck. So, mm-hmm. or where? Yeah, we're seeing do. like Duck, Kingdom Hearts memes of uh, him like taking over Game Freak and whatnot. It's funny stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they shown off a grass cat called Sprigatito. Yeah. Um, let's see a fire croc called Fuecoco. Yeah. Looks pretty nice. Uh, it's yeah. supposed to be a pepper. Who is supposed to be a chili pepper, but a, not an apple, as a lot of people seem to think. And then there's Quaxley, which is a uh, a water duck that kind of looks like he has a pompadour on his head. Mm. Of sorts. So it's a pretty nice starter trio. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, it's supposed to be out sometime later this year. I assume we'll get more details on what is uh, new with this game, what's familiar. Uh, the the little bit of gameplay they've shown looks like they have uh, a bunch of, you know, high grass that you could hide in, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be an aspect of this game or not. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Yeah, and it, it also really rounds out Nintendo's 2022 lineup quite well. Like, you know, we we don't know if uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild will come out this year, but if it's not, you know, they have this. We know this will sell. You know, Bayonetta two is still somewhere down the line, but but really, uh, it 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 makes their uh, JRPG lineup this year really robust, especially with Live Alive and Xenoblade Chronicles. Who, it's a stacked lineup for um, Nintendo, even though you know they don't really appear to be making much waves, especially with all the acquisitions Microsoft and Sony are making. Nintendo did make one that we'll talk about. Yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting year for the Switch. So if you think that it's been dying down, it looks like they found their feet again. Mm. Yeah, uh, and a company that is trying to find their feet is Capcom. Uh, mm. They have had some issues outside of a handful of titles, and Street Fighter V was definitely one of those that was a big blunder for them last generation. They had this countdown clock going on that coincided with the end of the Capcom Pro Tour. That everybody figured out, oh, this is probably Street Fighter Six, and yes, it was. Yeah, uh, the it was something they kind of tipped their hats earlier because when they announced the, the last couple of characters for uh, five, one of them is a mm-hmm. character named Luke that they're very much like, oh, he'll figure uh, big time into the next Street Fighter, and yep, he they've the little teaser they've shown has you know Ryu in there, and it has Luke. Mm-hmm. Plenty of memes about the the way these characters look. the The logo they have is very different from any other Street Fighter logo. It mm-hmm. looks very much like they were influenced by MMA or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't. That's about all they've done is shown like 
hey, here's Ryu, here's Luke, and here's a logo. Good luck. Mm. Uh, so we'll have to wait till I think they said around the summertime they'll be showing more of it and talking about what the uh, what's new with this game. But yeah, kind of a, a weird announcement to make. Yeah, so this was the countdown announcement from last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because like the the font itself like really presented itself to make it seem like it was a Resident Evil, and you know mm. we haven't really had a Resident Evil announcement eight last year, so that's a uh, it was it was really strange. But considering the timing of the announcement, um, everything going on with fighting games, especially with the with, with the Evo stuff uh, earlier this week, you know it does make sense. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's weird it's weird to see that Street Fighter is in like. I wouldn't call it a flux, but it's weird because like, you know, no one's gonna call Street Fighter Five like the best one. And like mm. it's weird to see where, where six will be canonically, especially with how weird they made it all with four and five when they relaunched. The logo itself looks like an app icon with missing push notifications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see how it goes. Yeah. People pointed out how there's a number of other companies that have used that largely that same kind of logo with the octagon and the SNF kind of thing. Yeah. There's is uh, arranged a little bit differently, but it's like, yeah, there's there's a lot of companies with you know SNF as their initials. Mm-hmm. They'll probably put those letters in some sort of box at some point as a logo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's whereas all the other Street Fighter logos are generally very cartoony, splashy kind of logos. Yeah, uh, you know, showing the entire name, not just SNF. So. Uh, but if you wanted Capcom to get weird, they also followed up that announcement with the Capcom Fighting Collection. Yep. That is coming to PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That includes yep. 10 of their, uh, as they, they describe it, classic fighting games. Uh, but these yeah, are. Yeah, that are not Street Fighter, basically. <laughs> um, uh, sort of. But uh, a lot of these are Darkstalkers related. Yeah, like half of them are Darkstalkers basically um yeah there's dark stalkers the night warriors night warriors dark stalkers revenge vampire savior the lord of vampire vampire hunter 2 mm-hmm. dark stalkers revenge vampire savior 2 the lord of vampire literally the first half of it is all dark stalkers. <laughs> those are various spin-offs or whatever i don't understand sequels they're all-, they're all sequels okay i was gonna say i didn't know if like one of these is the first one, and then they're like, oh, Darkstalkers. Darkstalkers is the first. That literally goes in. <laughs> All right. Because it just looks like, oh, here's spinoffs with some of those same characters. Because Nope. We, we, don't, we don't understand naming at Capcom. Sequels. All sequels. I'm, I'm making fun <laughs> of it. They call the first one Darkstalkers, and Darkstalkers is subtitled for two of the four sequels. Yep. And the others are like Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter, you know, the most notable names that have ever been given to video games. Mm-hmm. Night Warriors. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rounding out the list is some stuff like Red Earth. There's Cyberbots. Yeah, two uh, games that I have wanted to play for God knows how many years. Um, yeah, but... and, they, and they added a couple more here. Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, which is Super Puzzle Fighter without the puzzle. You just play as those mm-hmm. form sprites. And then yep. if you don't want the fighter part of it, there's Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. Yep. And then the, I guess they say, like, oh, we got to put a Street Fighter in here. So here's Hyper Street Fighter 2. 
Yeah. <laughs> the list. Uh, 10 games. Uh, let's see. It's releasing June 24th. Uh, mm-hmm. Each game will have online multiplayer, enhanced features, and quality of life updates. I think you can even uh, do a, a save state in mid-match, in <laughs> local matches, if you want. So if you maybe want to practice certain situations, you can do that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Mm-hmm. That is I think there's rollback netcode in these games as well, but I don't think there's mm-hmm. any cross-play. So good luck if you're picking... Uh, whatever platform you're picking, because you have to hope there's a lot of people want to play the specific games you want to play. Mm. Yeah. Uh, what what makes yeah. this particularly interesting? Well, at least for me, uh, Puzzle Fighter was is, is definitely the crown collection for me. But what makes this interesting is the the entire focus here on Darkstalkers, just because, like you know, for those of you that weren't really the whole arcade scene in the um, in the '90s. Um, Capcom really like just owned it. Like you know, you eventually yep. had Sega try to compete with Virtual Fighter, and then eventually Midway with. But it was a pre- it was a predominantly uh, a Capcom thing. You had Street Fighter Two, the original Street Fighter, even though it was like only like a one or two button game. Um, and then you had all the Darkstalkers games, and Darkstalkers, uh, you know, to many was like second fiddle. Uh, to Street Fighter, just because most of the Street Fighter machines were were, were being taken up, and that's where um, Darkstalkers really found like a lot of its fame, just because like the game played faster, and and, and like the the spells were or not not really the spells, but the projectiles and the moves were more um, in your face in the sense where like there was a whole lot more magic involved, and like that really set it apart from you know Street Fighter and whatever there was in the arcades, and like you know if if you really want to have a great for what Capcom has done for fighting games and arcades in general. I've I've talked about this show before, but on Netflix, there's an anime called Score Girl. And, like, the main character there plays a whole lot of Street Fighter 2 as well as Darkstalkers. So, yeah, it's definitely a fun and historical uh, anime to see. That was only... uh, It was only produced, like, uh, less than three years ago, so it really has a lot of modern... And, um, yeah, like, this one looks cool. I don't know about 40 bucks, but um, I'd probably spend 20 just for... uh, Puzzle Fighter. Yeah, and it seems like they're going to do a bundle that includes the Street Fighter 30th Anniversary Collection as well mm-hmm. for 60 bucks total. I would really be interested in seeing Darkstalkers come back in a modern way. Yeah, me too. They've kind of let it languish over the last decade or so. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, of the two, uh, again, like I said, uh, games really want to play are Red Earth and Cyberbots because I'm not entirely sure. I think Cyberbots did come out to the West, but I think it was like on one of the like more niche systems. Um, And Red Earth uh, didn't release in the West on anything but arcades. That's Um, what I thought. Saturn and PlayStation in Japan. Yeah, and I think Red Earth was the same way. So yeah, this is literally the first time these games have been available to play in the West at home. <laughs> um you know, out you know, outside of like, you know, importing it. Um and Cyberbots, for those of you who don't know, um that uh one guy from Mar 
Marvel versus Capcom. Uh, the dude who has the giant robot that has the arm and everything and the machine gun. He originally comes from this. He is like the Ryu character from this game. And Red Earth, uh, Red Earth, if you've played, um, you know, Super Gem Fighter, uh, Red Earth is where that witch shit comes from. Uh, she is from this. Um, and Red Earth in particular is interesting because it, it's an unusual combination of like a, it's a 2D fighter, but it's sort of like single player mode is what's like a quest mode where where you can, like, play one of, like, four different characters, and then uh, you end up fighting, like, eight different uh, boss characters, and I think maybe once or twice you end up fighting some of the other playable characters. But it's, it's for one thing, it looks gorgeous. Um, and it famously has this one dragon character that, like, takes up a good chunk of the stage. Um, and, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm excited to be, be able to play though too. Yeah, <laughs> also, it looks Cyberbot like has, has, also one of the secret characters in Cyberbots is a full-on mecha version of Akuma, <laughs> and uh, that's just I think that's kind of badass. Yeah, uh, seems like the uh, Japanese version of the PS1 game for Cyberbots did get released on PSN in the West, just untranslated, just Japanese version for the PS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of those PS1 imports they put on PSN, so it was briefly available there. Yeah, uh, briefly. No <laughs> online play or anything special yeah. to it. Which, by the way, that like uh, like Chris said, going to have like role is going to have online right out the gate. So yeah, online for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Rollback that code. They mentioned training modes for everything but Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo. Uh, there's a spectator mode, so you can watch friends playing online. Yeah, mid-game saves, other quality of life improvements, balance adjustments, and in-game museum stuff. So there's 500 pieces mm-hmm. of official art, concept art, design documents, and over 400 music tracks Yep, available for the game. So, Which is awesome. I love that type of shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, let's see... Second to last story here, Sony has revealed the look of their PlayStation VR 2 headset, mm-hmm. uh, which doesn't look too different from the original uh, PlayStation VR. You can just see the the cameras that are on it. Uh, let's look around. It's kind of the, the headset itself is kind of more black and white. I saw it in the, yeah, the controllers have a new look to them as well, black and white, sort of like the PS5's look. Uh, to it, but it's very much that same kind of design of having like the halo that goes around your uh, head, and you know, the the headset itself kind of sits in front of your face to you know rest on your put on your face to look into it. So looks pretty nice uh, for what it is. Looks like they got some extra padding for the uh, for the size of your eyes. I assume to also help block out the light. That's maybe one of the few small issues that was with the original headset. Yeah, that's going to be the main thing. Uh, that's going to be the main thing that worries me, uh, especially as someone that bought the original uh, PSVR at launch and only used it a few times. Uh, main reason being, you know, space. But that's something that everybody that buys a VR has to figure out. Uh, but the main thing that worries me, um, and again, I can't really tell based on the screenshots provided, 
is um, when it comes to uh, VR especially, I need to have my glasses on. So uh, uh, I don't know about you, Chris, because I, I know that you, 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 wear, you wear glasses too, but like it just isn't comfortable to me. And then when, when I do spot uh, to wear the headset with glasses, it fogs up really, really easily. So um, I'm, I'm wondering what to do there, whether I just have to buy, buy smaller glasses or it out, but but we'll see. But I think that the the big the biggest thing for me, if I do get another one, is the the, the price. Of it. But yeah, the the design is pretty cool. Obviously, it's uh it's inspired by the PS5, which I think was also inspired by the original. But yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I never really had too much of an issue with the glasses on uh the original PSVR. Uh, things just fit pretty well for me. Uh, maybe. Like the only issue is I my glasses maybe scratched the lenses a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I couldn't really see that anyway, so it wasn't too big of an issue. But they do mention here uh, there's a lens adjustment dial, so you can have the option to match the lens distance between their eyes to optimize their view. So I think that will maybe give you a little bit of room if you have glasses uh, for that. Uh, they mentioned a slimmer design with slight weight reduction. Uh, yeah, so I said they've done a decent bit of work there. So, yeah, that is uh, something I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Uh, release date, price, more software, that kind of stuff that would be nice to see. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's uh, the last one, probably the most minor bit of news here. Nintendo has acquired <coughs> uh, the support studio SRD. Mm-hmm. SRD stands for Systems Research and Development, a company that if you've never heard of, it's because they've worked with Nintendo for almost 40 years at this point. They worked yeah. on many of their big games, including Super Mario Brothers. And I just kind of a support suit that's helped, you know, with design, programming, art, whatever they needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the studios that you've probably never heard of unless you're a weird uh, Nintendo nerd. Mm. has to know all of the weird studio names that have no real name. They're all just business names, essentially. EAD and all those kind of names. Uh, They've officially completed the acquisition, I think, or they will be here pretty soon. Uh, So they'll be an official part of Nintendo. Yeah, they're expecting to complete the acquisition on April 1st when the new financial year begins. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, this is a bit of a footnote. But at the same time, um, you would think that, you know, a company that's helped Nintendo for the last 40 years was, like, already owned by them. Like, I wonder if they had any other games not from Nintendo credited to their name. But, uh, yeah, I, I obviously know, know nothing about this. But it's, it's, it's good that Nintendo's, like, you know, tying up their, their assets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see if I can find a list of... Things they worked on, yeah, saying like Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr., Donkey Kong Jr. Math, Mahjong versus Balloon Fight, Excite Bike, Ice Climber, Kung Fu, Smart Brothers, Legend of Zelda, you know, Smart Brothers: The Lost Levels, and all these games. Maybe there are a couple here that aren't technically published by Nintendo, but maybe not. I don't know. I worked on Super Mario 64 and Yoshi's Story and. Super Mario Advance, Animal Crossing, and the original version, Animal Forest. 
uh, for the Nintendo 64. That's what the Japanese uh, translation of that game's name was uh, for that. So, yeah, they've touched probably a bit of everything that Nintendo oh. has uh, made since 1983, essentially. Yeah, I don't know. Like, this to me sounds like, oh, yeah, uh, I work for Kirkland. Oh, you mean Costco? No, yeah, I mean Kirkland. <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, I'm trying to see, their president is Toshihiko Nakago, uh, who has, you know, been working on a lot of those games as well with them. Uh, so, yeah, even a, uh, describe that, yeah, the dream team in Nintendo was a triangle including Shigeru Miyamoto, Takashi Tezuka, and uh, this guy, Toshiko Nakago. Uh, they worked together for more than 30 years. So most, of their, most of their video games becoming huge successes, calling yeah. them the Golden Triangle. So, I'm just trying to imagine like someone having an SRD in their resume, applying for a job like at Microsoft, and then, oh yeah, these are all the projects I worked on. Wait, so you didn't work on Nintendo? No, I worked, I worked at SRD. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good news for them. Yeah, if it means you know that they have like better benefits packages or stuff, you know, being owned by a AAA. Uh, obviously, Nintendo has done a solid job at uh, protecting their employees. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that'll do it for this week. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. really too huge, but uh, the next time we'll be here, it'll be March. Uh, we've got two major releases coming up this week with uh, Gran Turismo Seven and Triangle Strategy. Uh, being two of the big releases here uh, coming up. I'm trying to check if there are any others here. Shadow Warrior 3 is coming up sometime soon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's a, uh, a bit of a surprising release because it is uh, it is going to be a PlayStation Now launch title. <laughs> so it'll be a launch for PlayStation Now. And then Game Pass is getting a Shadow Warrior 2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's see. Also coming out, there's yeah, Far Changing Tides. That game's pretty neat looking. Yeah, Puzzle Quest 3 is out March 1st. So Babylon who cares about that game? Yeah, that demo's out now for people to check out uh, for that game. So there you go. That's uh, kind of it for us for this week. We'll be back next week with a new slate of news as things hopefully start to warm up in the weather department. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, thank you to Brandon Danver for joining this week. Always. Um, yeah. As I said, we'll be back next week. If you enjoy the show, feel free to let friends and family know and select strangers uh, know that you enjoy the show and that they should check it out. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we'll see you all next week. Hope you have a good one. We'll see you next time.